This is Working the Beat. It is Thursday, November 14, 2019, episode 19 in our series. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Give me what you can tonight. Glad, glad that you could join us here. Mike, you can't count that high? No, you say it. What? Green in the morning says, get up. He goes, get up! When you say the work in the beat, yeah. it sounds like it. I basically when you're do it to, on the. I I've basically done it just to mock the. I'm just uh, like Greeny says it like like seven times on the the times when I watch like the show. Why are you watching that show? Well, you tell me what else to watch in the morning, please. When I, when I get up, today's show. Good morning, America. No, that's, that's crap TV. That's absolute crap TV. CNN. Yeah, I can what what? So I'm going to say that the president. Disagrees with everything that everybody says. You know, five guys could get up and testify and say, "Yeah, I heard." Nah, they, they, okay, fine, wh- whatever. I get up in the morning because sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's a joke. Do you hang around for? They Stephen took my a. Colum- and Mac? They took my Columbo and my um and my Rockford files off, and then I go up at ten o'clock and I go walk. I do my walk. I do you know whatever. I, I'm not saying I watch it religiously. It, it might depend on yeah if Shefty's on. Well, Shefty's pretty I like good. Shefty, even though... Get Feinbaum on every Feinbaum, now and again. Yeah, I like Feinbaum, but then but the, the problem is they put three guys on with Shefty. Three guys on with Feinbaum. And, and, yeah, there are certain people... Tra- I love it when the college football, like they tell you the 50,000 things that might happen. Well, of course. Yeah, of course, you know. And then they always get like three things There wrong. are certain people that I can watch. Ryan Clark is one. I love Ryan Although, Clark. Although, I agree with you, but they've made him into something. When Ryan Clark started... He was a normal person giving you good, but then they've made him into that talking head who has to scream at you mm-hmm. and come up with goofy things because that's how they want it to be. And I've noticed this on that show, particularly, they talk too fast. They're trying to say so much. Right. That, and then they get things wrong because you're going to get things wrong. It, it happens. But they'll say like, well, you know, but Baylor, you know, if Baylor can't, and, and you say, well, no, no, Baylor already like, they, they did, or what did they have the other day? If, if 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 Penn State, they were trying to say something about if Penn State beat Ohio State, but they could then, still get they, in the playoffs. Oh, no, no, it was if Minnesota beat Ohio State, but they had like Ohio State. It, it was weird. They they said something that made like no sense because it, it couldn't mm-hmm. have happened like that. But yeah, it's hey, look, it's all good. Um, so today on the show, we're going to talk a lot Eagles Patriots. Obviously, the rematch is Super Bowl 52, which will take place this weekend. Um, of course, if you talk to either team, they really don't want to discuss Super Bowl 52. But Mike Silski spent part of his weekend in Foxborough and uh, part of his week rather in Foxborough. It's been part of his Sunday night in must Boston with the Flyers. To, must be a great place to spend the three days. I bet you it's probably at a courtyard. I bet you it's probably... Eating a lot of uh, lobster. Lobster. Well, no, uh, up in, in Rhode this, Island. No, well, he may yeah. have gone to Providence. Yeah. yeah, but if he stayed in, I if thought he Foxborough sta- was, clo- was sort of close to. It's between Providence and and or and uh, which I'm calling. I'm sure yes. you can get lobster up there. Um, so yeah, that is. Um, or you go to the North End in in Boston. Yeah. And just fight the traffic to get back and well, forth. And go to Providence, go to their North End, or yeah. whatever they call it. Providence is a nice little town. I was up there actually uh, for for a funeral, but it's, it's nice got a good place. eating. It's got a good Italian section. I, I know it, that it does. Uh, so Michael joined us to talk about his week with Bill Belichick. That must have been. He actually wrote a great column about trying to get through a Belichick press conference on uh, Thursday. So 
and we'll preview the game. We'll give our NFL picks a little later on, NFL and college football picks a little later on. Um, why? Newton, well, I think I've actually been doing decently lately. Yeah, but but why? I agree. <laughs> it's okay. It's all in good fun. As long it's as all people good fun. understand, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. That's because to be honest, every other program does it. Um, you know, I actually, I gotta admit. I'm a little more optimistic, I think, than the average bear about this game. I think that the Eagles, if they run the football, now Alshon Jeffrey sounds like he's not going to play this week because he hasn't practiced the last two days with that ankle injury. If they run the football, New England's defense is vulnerable against the run. They have a shot to win this game. Kevin, they're a three-point underdog. Yeah. Of course they have a shot to win the game. Don't they? If, I, but if I they think were a fourteen-point underdog or something, I'd say okay. What does Bill Belichick do better than take, any coach probably in the history? Take your best weapon away. Take sure. So I'm guessing that doesn't mean he's going to do it. But I'm guessing that Bill Belichick's going to come into this game, especially if Jeffrey isn't playing, mm-hmm. and they're going to do everything they can to stop the run and probably try to take Ertz away. Too. Try to take Ertz away, and so some some. Caller called at one of the stations and said, well, now it's great. We'll get a chance to see what Whiteside can do. Are you kidding me? I, I, so against the Patriots. You don't find out against the Patriots. Well, you're not going to find out against the Dolphins probably. But uh, given that, the course Eagles have a chance. You know, just like they're going to have a chance next week against Seattle. But the part that scares me is the Patriots are coming off a bye, as mm-hmm. are the Eagles. Yeah. They're coming off getting beat, beat. pretty good. Yeah. You know, was you know, and they haven't played the toughest schedule. Well, this year. And, that, and that's the that's the one caveat that every. But it's fan the Patriots. Yeah, I know. And they probably haven't remembered two or haven't forgotten two years ago. Not once you're on the field. I don't think that has a whole lot to do with anything. Um, I can guarantee you there's one person who remembers two years ago well, and who co- will be motivated by that. And yeah, the mental yeah. scar tissue comment. I but thought once you're was out pretty there telling on the week. field, I don't think that plays. You know, it's not like college football where maybe you lost to your rival last year and, you know, it's one of those gun-ho kind of deals. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Tom Brady's motivated. I'm sure Tom Brady's motivated a lot of weeks. That's why he's got six rings. But um, that's probably the only thing keeping him yeah, going. I mean, I would be surprised if it wasn't, you know, as a lot of Eagle games have been. Um, you know, the fourth quarter, it's, it's a one possession. Somebody can win the game either way. I think it's going to be that kind of a game. Um, if the Eagles can run the ball, yeah, they'll have a better shot. Well, maybe we'll also get Mike's reaction. Flyer, he saw the Flyers up in Boston this past week, and Flyers lost parade. <laughs> Flyers lost a, a shoot, uh, overtime uh, shootout game. Um, They've been in like four shootouts on Wednesday night. Half, but they, they play really, actually, pretty well. And Carter, They're one Hart of the hottest like, teams in the league. Yeah, and Carter Hart seems to have come around. By the way, we should point out Washington and the Islanders. They're playing the Islanders on Saturday night. Washington Islanders, two of the two best teams right now in the league. And the Flyers played Washington even. It's going to be interesting to see. And Mike had a great comment last week, too, about the lack of interest in the Flyers. And I want to do touch on that a little bit when we get But Mike there's always the a lack of interest in the Flyers, even if the Flyers... But w- they've never taken an attendance hit like they've taken this well, year. Well, yeah, okay. And that, and that could be a lot of reasons because people have less... Whatever. But nobody, even if the Flyers were good, which they haven't been in a while... But, People just don't care about and just like with the Sixers. Right. People really wouldn't get into now. God, people are dissecting the Sixers like, oh my God. Yeah, we're not doing Sixers today. Yeah, but we're going two. to. Um but once again, another sports team in our town that a month ago 
People were like, ah, and now it's like, oh my God, they can't do this. They can't do that. They can't do this. Really? Things change in 10 games? It drives me I would say I would say, Mike, the most disturbing thing is the the problems that your main players had last year, okay, that everybody felt, well, they'll grow out of it. Simmons will develop more of an effective shot. Uh, And beads. Effective? How about shot? Yeah. And Bede's uh, energy level and the fact that he seems like he's easily fatigued in the fourth quarter. And why would you think they're going to change? I thought that there would be a carryover from how the Toronto series went okay, and how well, it ended. Whatever. And, and they, so far, I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking. You can't panic. You can't panic. But ten, 10 games in, it's there ten. are some of the same issues are still there. So What? It's a team, their biggest problem is they're a team that's built to play this style of ball and they're shooting 38 threes a game. There's a problem there. You can't be a team to geared to play one way right. and then do that. And especially when Tobias Harris is like, do you know he's O for his last 23 threes? Yeah, that contract's going to be coming out of You know what the record is? What? 25 by... Um, um, Miller, Andre Miller, like in 2007 or whatever. Yeah. It, it's, this thing could, could, but, and this isn't the team they're going to have at the end of the year. No. I'm convinced they're going to make moves. All right. So we've talked Sixers a little bit, but let's talk Eagles and uh, Eagles Patriots, the rematch of Super Bowl 52. We'll talk to Mike Silski here on Mark on the Beat. And now from a week spent roaming the land of Dunkin' Donuts where he needed the coffee to keep awake. Through Bill Belichick's press conferences, it's Mike Silski of the Inquirer. Mike, how are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, and we'll touch on we'll touch on a couple things here. One, when you got to New England this week, and obviously, you know, every game with the Eagles has a has a subplot. Did you, is this subplot different because it is two years removed from Super Bowl Fifty Two? Yeah, I think it is to a degree. I think. Um, I think the game is relevant and not relevant, if that makes sense. I mean, obviously the teams are different. Um, this Patriots defense is much better than the one that the Eagles faced in the Super Bowl. Um, Nick Foles is in Jacksonville, obviously. Um, the game doesn't have the meaning that Super Bowl 52 did. But by the same token, I, you know, from being in the Patriots locker room a couple days this week, I can tell you that that Super Bowl is very much on guys' minds. Uh, Tom Brady mentioned it in a radio interview he did up here. Uh, up there, I should say, I'm home now, up uh, up there on Monday. Uh, a couple guys in the locker room talked about it. Devin McCourty mentioned that he's still really not over it, uh, that he remembers every loss in the championship game, including that one. So, you know, it is a subplot. It's it's there. And uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how everything plays out on Sunday. Mike, isn't that more the where leading up to the game, I can see that. But once the game starts, I got to believe that it's about football. Now, maybe that means the Patriots will be better prepared or – or what have you, but you know, I think it's like we talk sometimes about emotion, maybe more so in college football, where you know you you get this pen up thing or whatever. But I think once they start playing football, it'll just come down to who plays better football. No, I agree with you, Mike. I would say this though: I think the one aspect of Super Bowl Fifty Two, and I, I literally wrote this in a column this morning that is already on Inquire.com. So go there and read it once you finish listening to this podcast. And then click on it about five times. <laughs> or even like, while you're listening to this podcast. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the one th- connective thread, I think, that is a key to this game Sunday is that 
Doug Peterson, the Eagles, and the Eagles to me have to come up with something that surprises the Patriots uh, in the way that to me was one of the keys to their winning Super Bowl 52. And it went beyond just the Philly special. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the most obvious and in a way consequential manifestation of it. But they did things throughout that game um, that they had not done during the regular season. And, and part of that was born out of the fact that they had completely revamped their offense mm-hmm. in the two weeks between uh, the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs to make Nick Foles more comfortable. Uh, you know, and they changed things in that game and it put the Patriots and Bill Belichick on the defensive, which is a place that you rarely see them go back and watch the, the telecast of that game. For instance, you'll hear Chris Collinsworth pointing out that when the Eagles run the read option, they usually throw slants to the middle of the field. But in this game, they were, the receivers were running out toward the sideline and they were getting open because of it. That's the sort of thing you need if you're going to beat Belichick and the Patriots and I think they need to do something similar Sunday. If they just think they're going to go out there and play 12 personnel with Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and beat the Patriots, you know, I think Belichick will be ready for that and it'll be a long day for the Eagles. And Mike, even on the defensive end, if you remember probably the most critical play of the game, you know, with all due respect to the Philly special, it's moving Brandon Graham into the tackle spot and having him mm-hmm. kind of on, on the bull rush and get in Brady's face and obviously the strip sack. One of the vulnerabilities that New England has is against the rush. The pass rush has been, or the pass uh, blocking rather, has been somewhat suspect. Um, do you think that Doug Peterson will mix it up like that? And Jim well, Schwartz. Jim Schwartz, yeah. I mean, that's that, that's a key question, obviously. And um, The difference between, again, I think that puts the Eagles at a disadvantage and oh, if they try to play it straight up because – that Eagles team in 2017 could generate pressure by bringing only four uh, down linemen. And they, they had the versatility and the depth to be able to move Brandon Graham inside and still generate pressure without having the blitz. That hasn't been the case, you know, as much this season. Now Fletcher Cox has played better, um, but you got to think the Patriots will have a way to neutralize him. Um, and so unless you're going to, you know, I, Maybe it's me. I would think, you know, from a from an offensive slash defensive standpoint, Belichick might just dare Derek Barnett, you know, and Josh Sweat to try to get to Tom Brady um, because you don't want to blitz Brady. He'll, no. he'll kill you. And, and uh, Schwartz doesn't like to blitz anyway. So um, I, I think that's, you know, I would be surprised if the Eagles won this game just because I think that, you know, they're not quite the same team they were back in 2017 uh, from a psychological standpoint, a depth standpoint you know, any of those things. So Bill has history of taking away what you do best. Usually no matter who he's playing, not every week, but, but a lot of weeks. So does he, especially if Jeffrey isn't playing, although I don't think that would have been the guy he would have tried to stop anyway, but does he just go all out to try to stop the Eagles from running the football and then dare Carson Wentz and what he has left to beat him? You know, it's it's hard to say what he would want to take away first. Um, you know, that, that that makes sense, I think, Mike, because their cornerbacks and their secondary are so good. You know, go ahead, Carson. Stand back there and try to find open receivers. Um, you know, that was their plan, for instance, in Super Bowl thirty nine. If you remember, they wanted Donovan McNabb to stand back there and try to find Terrell Owens and try to find Todd Pinkston and maybe Brian Westbrook out of the backfield. What they didn't want was McNabb running all over the place. And if you remember, McNabb had zero rushing yards in that game. 
Um, so yeah, I'm sure there's, there's probably one aspect of the Eagles offense that he wants to force them into. And if I were him, I would think it would be having Carson Wentz stand in the pocket and try to, to pick their defense apart. Good luck to you, you know, go throw at Stefan Gilmore with, you know, an injured Alshon Jeffrey out there, if he's even out there. So um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm not so certain this is a great matchup for the Eagles. Is Seattle a better matchup next week? <sighs> you know, it's hard to say. I mean, I think, I think they would move the ball better on Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I still think Russell Wilson is so great he could pull a game out. You know, they could they could play very well against the Seahawks, and it may not matter because Wilson can beat them. So, right. um, you know, that's a different dynamic than this one. I think I think they can be out thought uh, in this game. I think Wilson could just beat them two weeks from now. Well, and, and the reason I ask that is it's almost like these games are now looked as a package, and as long as you come out one and one, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, look, you could come out out two and still win the division. I get it. But I think from a momentum standpoint, if they win one of these games, they're in pretty good shape moving forward. Would you agree? I I would agree. I I would think, especially if they win Sunday, uh, especially if they beat the Patriots. You know, that's the kind of victory that you would think could could energize their season, could really charge them up. Um, You know, and maybe they have it in them uh, to do that. I'm just, at this point, I'm a little skeptical. Um, And I'm not somebody who normally is that. I mean, I was a guy who, you know, yeah. heading into the Green Bay game this year, I said, hey, don't be surprised if they win this game, you know, because that's who they are and that's who they've been. And they were three and four and looked to be fading after that blowout loss to the Cowboys. And they came back and won their next two. And, you know, I'm not somebody who's, you know, down on the Eagles for the sake of being down. But, you know, I, I just I, I kind of don't have a great feeling on their behalf about sure. this game Sunday. Mike, you were up in New England this week. And Mike Reese, actually, from uh, ESPN, had a good story uh, today on the website about how the Patriots were able to shake off that Super Bowl loss and compared it to what Seattle went through and what uh, Atlanta went through after their losses to the Patriots. What do you think it is about the New England culture? Forget the fact that they have a great coach, but the culture that that coach brings to that building, that they're able to shake off losses that would you know, kind of down the mortal team, if you will. I think it's as much the quarterback as it is the coach in that regard. Um, I think the character of a leader in a locker room goes a long way um, to uh, setting in place the dynamic that you're talking about there. It's part of the reason why the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, were as successful as they were for as long as they were. You know, Greg Popovich is a fine coach, but Tim Duncan is the kind of model superstar that you want to have to maintain that kind of success over a lengthy period of time. And to me, Tom Brady is exactly the same kind of guy. Um, you know, he's not going to allow uh, a team to, to either rest on its laurels after winning a championship, get full of itself after winning a championship or to get dour and down um, after it's lost in a Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I think that's the biggest dynamic. You can talk all you want about the culture of new England and they buttress that with some of the guys that they bring in and have had there for a long time, guys like Matthew Slater and the McCourty twins and guys like that. And they're great. But I think Brady is right at the nucleus of that. Yeah, And he's only about what? 31 years old in Brady years. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, man. It's crazy. You got to cut him open and count the rings. I mean, is, is this it Mike? I mean, did, you know, I know there's been a lot of speculation about, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see him playing for, but who knows? It's, it's the NFL. Well, Maybe you go Could play. he play somewhere other than New England No, no, next no, no. Year. Forget that. Could he play another year or two and get close to 45? 
Which yeah, is the, I think he could. Wow. He could. Yeah. That's George Blanda territory. Yeah, it is. But I mean, Mike, look at look at the sport nowadays, right? Every every rule change, every evolution of the yeah. game has come along and benefited the offense. More than ever now, you can't touch the quarterback. And and what more than ever is prized in a quarterback, it is intelligence being able to read a defense it is guys who can pick things up and make adjustments on the fly i mean look he's not the only quote-unquote elderly quarterback right. who has been excelling of late i mean it was what four or five years ago carson palmer had a renaissance with bruce arians mm-hmm. and you know you're gonna laugh but like sam bradford had a pretty good season in part because in today's day and age you can just stand back there and throw and you can be an older guy and do that um, you know, quarterbacks are, are playing longer than they ever have. So it would not surprise me to see Brady go play until he's 44, 45 years old. Yeah. As, as long as the cataracts don't sneak in, he'll be fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, Good if, call, Kev. thanks. Um, do you, you know, there's a lot of talk that he sold his home in new England. Uh, the contract has been changed to pretty much that there's no cap hit if he goes away or if the Patriots decide to let him go. Um, do you think this is his last dance with Belichick and company? I, I don't know, man. I find it hard to believe if only because he is so tight with Robert Kraft. Um, you know, we've already seen once that, uh, you know, th- this sort of thing has come up. If you read Ian O'Connor's book about Belichick, the biography of Belichick, mm-hmm. you know, he did some excellent reporting about this where, you know, there was some discussion. I mean, look, Belichick had to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. You know, because he was the heir apparent. Bob Kraft was like, ain't no heir apparent to Tommy. Um, So, you know, I I think Brady's going to be there as long as he wants to be there. And to me, I mean, I think they're both going to ride off in the sunset together. But if you gave me odds as to which one left first, I would say Belichick. Maybe he'll become like the uh, guy in charge of Philadelphia's marketing, apparently, on on Thanksgiving weekend, he was talking glowingly about his time at the Bellevue Stratford and going to uh, Wanamaker's the other day. There the you conference go. Philadelphia Wanamaker's Wanamaker's is a good director ex- Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanamaker's is a good experience. Go see the light show. Around, you know, Mayor Kenny can hire him as his press secretary. That's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't wait to see those press conferences on the soda tax. Anyway, um, all right. You were also up there when the Flyers were up there, and I, I can't let you go without asking one question. Carter Hart, do you think he's turned a corner here? Oh, I think he's terrific. I really do. I think, to me, you cannot overstate his importance to this franchise and this team from the moment he got here in the middle of last year. And and he exceeded their expectations for how good he was, how fast, as fast as he was. Um, he was the reason that you could you could talk seriously about them turning their season around last year. If you if you crunch the numbers. Um, they were no better. In fact, in some ways they were worse defensively after they fired Dave Haxtell and brought in Scott Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference was that Carter Hart was making saves that all his predecessors were not making. Um, and I think that has held true to a great degree this season. They are a better team. They're more experienced. The kids have had a chance to grow and, and are, you know, a number of them are playing better, but he is a difference maker. And, you know, he is the most to me, he is the most important player to come into this franchise in a long, long time because he can be the star of this team as a goaltender. And the Flyers haven't had that in what, 30 years, maybe since Hextall's first year. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you also touched on the attendance issues. They did have a sellout last night against the uh, Capitals. 
but it's Ovechkin. As, as Christian Bale would say, oh, good <laughs> for you. How worried, how worried if you're a Comcast spectacle, are you that you, you've kind of lost a little bit here? And, and is it a, the tickets are too expensive, the product is not good enough, or hasn't been good enough, and it'll eventually catch up if they keep playing like this? Or is there a real problem here for the organization, in other words? Well, I think, I think it will catch up a little bit once and if they play better. I, th- I think that matters, of course. Um, and I do think that there is a segment of the fan base that doesn't like going to home games anymore and could because of the atmosphere there. I always felt like Flyers fans want to see the Flyers play hockey. They don't need gritty. They don't need a guy in in an orange and black T-shirt screaming at them, telling them to get excited. They will get excited because their team is playing well, and that's all they need. And, you know, I'm sure the Flyers felt for – business reasons that they couldn't just ride that out over the, the rebuilding process that Ron Hextall started. And I understand that to a degree, but everything about that atmosphere feels so contrived now that I'm sure there are people staying away just because they don't want to go. They don't want to have to sit through that. And the other aspect that you talked about is this has always been maybe the blue collarist uh, fan base of all the blue collar mm-hmm. fan bases in Philadelphia. Um, and tickets are so expensive now. And the atmosphere is much more corporate throughout pro sports, you know, including the NHL, um, that I think that makes a difference too. Yeah, I just I, I think that's sports in general, that you go to events and you're distracted because people – I don't know what event you can go to anymore. Maybe some football games, I don't know. But everything has mascots and scoreboards blaring and this and that. I, to me, this all takes care of itself. If they're a good team in March – and then you're, you know, going into next year, or whatever, the people will come back. I'm not saying it, it'll be, you'll have 125 straight sellouts, but they'll come back. Plus, I think there, there's this. And Mike, you mentioned about the blue collar thing. It used to be blue collar fans. And we, look, we know somebody that had season tickets for a long, long time. Okay. A friend of ours who was a former colleague. And he gave them up. And he gave them up for a number of reasons. But one of them is that the the price jolt they put on them this year was just astronomical with the renovation of the building and, and it like almost double. And I, I you know, I, I think that hockey better watch it. Like of all the sports that I think are m- most likely to suffer from overpricing themselves, it's hockey more than anything. Would you agree? Yeah, it is. And, and so much of a team's revenue is based on attendance at games, right. playoff revenue, um, and the Flyers obviously have not had, you know, that kind of playoff revenue in what seven years. You know, right. they haven't gotten past the second round. Um, you know, they haven't gotten past the first round since 2012, and they haven't gotten to the conference finals. You know, in since 2010, since that you know run of the finals. So um, I'm sure that's that's playing on their thinking and in their decision making. But um, you know, I think Mike's right to a large degree that if the team starts to win, people will come back. Um, but in the meantime, you know, it's just it's not quite there. And I think people are, you know, holding back a little bit. They want to see this team play well for more than just a 10 or 15 game stretch. Uh, they want to see that this is for real right. before they, you know, start forking over their money and going to these games. I got to be honest with you. I have, you know, Comcast is my cable carrier. I pay whatever I pay a month. And I don't know how many people think like I do because I'm old and, you know, whatever. Right. But I'll, you know, if I'm paying Comcast a couple hundred dollars, well, why am I going to games? 
Like, why am I? And I understand if you want to go to a game here or there, but it's an expensive proposition but, with twenty two bucks pick a pop. A spot, and, yeah. I don't understand why people would want to go to thirty or forty games. No. I mean, if you have the money, that's fine. If it's if it's within your budget, but most people it isn't. You know, and I, and I just think it's kind of yeah. I'll sit at home in front of the TV and watch it. Mike, last question. I'm going to flip one more topic on you. Gabe Kapler, were you surprised the Giants hired him this quickly? Well, the, not this quickly, but that they hired him for next year. No, I was not. I mean, given the relationship he has with the GM, right. um, I wasn't surprised. Were you surprised um, by the backlash? Uh, not, no, not so much. I mean, his 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 involvement in that incident when the Dodgers organization was always kind of cloudy and mm-hmm. – you know, San Francisco, let's face it, there's a cultural aspect to this, too. Yeah. You know, they're on the West Coast. They are very, you know, it's a very left-wing city. They're going to be very attuned to the way that a player or a manager conducts himself in matters that don't have to do with um, matters on the field. They're going to be attuned to what happens off the field, the Me Too movement, all of that stuff. So I'm not surprised that there was backlash at all. Uh, I'm just really curious to see how this is going to play out because – you know, the, the, it looks like Madison Bumgarner's not coming back. It looks like there's going to be a rebuild going on there. He's following a manager who's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, if not he probably, tough, yeah, he is. It, it, if he thought it was tough in Philadelphia, you know, it's going to be just what? as tough in San Francisco. Plus, why, why would we think a fan base would be excited to get Gabe Kaplan? Well, the other part, too, Larry Bear, who's the president of the Giants, the was, well, no, no, uh, yeah, uh, was, uh, was arrested or not arrested, but was investigated and suspended by Major League Baseball because he was spotted in a park in San Francisco throwing his wife to the ground. So there's yeah. a little bit of a sensitivity there too. So that I think yeah, some I mean, people I think some people feel like the Giants kind of turned a blind eye here and I think there's some people who look at Gabe Kapler and just wonder, huh? Uh, and that yeah. doesn't mean Gabe won't be successful. I'm not saying that, but what did he do in Philadelphia to instill confidence in anybody that that's and like Mike said you know, you, you got a team that's probably going to go in a rebuild, which means he's probably going to lose. Yeah. Which means he's probably going to get fired a couple years from now. Yeah. Then he won't get another job. And second acts when you leave Philadelphia right away are not good. Ask Rich And Coates, he's replacing I, a Hall of Fame manager. Right. Ask Rich Cotay and Chip Kelly. Second acts are not always better. Or, well, you can also ask Terry Francona. Yeah, yeah. but it also took Terry like five years to get that second chance, too. It did. It did. I mean, look, you know, I, I always got along and still get along well with Gabe. Um, you know, I think what was missing, I think pro sports are different from other corporate settings. And I think the people who have, who are running in many situations, running these franchises now, forget that they think they can just kind of transpose, you know, the latest set of corporate values and trends onto a locker room or a clubhouse. And sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. And, you know, there was just this something that Gabe was missing um, from his two years in the Philly with the Phillies, and uh, you know, I'm curious to see if he finds it while he's with the Giants. Mike, one last thing: it has nothing to do with Philadelphia, but you covered the Mets for a couple years. What did you think of their hire? I'm just because they're in the division with the Phillies, and you know, what'd you think? I, I think I covered Beltran for about a year and a half. A really smart guy, very well respected within that clubhouse. Um, he took a beating for that strikeout at the end of uh, the 2006 yeah. League Championship Series. Mm-hmm. But, man, he was a great player. Um, players really, you know, as I said, respected him, admired him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on the nature of that clubhouse. I don't know the Mets clubhouse real well, but I could see a situation in which he could be very successful depending on the kind of team he has. I think I think that's what all of this comes down to in 
in coaching and managing anymore, guys, is do you have the right kind of roster and dynamic amongst your players and to match with whoever their coach or manager is? It's why Larry Boa succeeded in 2001 with the Phillies. And fell apart in 03 and 04. It just didn't work anymore. It's why Charlie Manuel was perfect from 07 through 2011 and why you know they had to move on from him once the rebuild began. Yep. Mike Silski from Inquire.com and the Philadelphia Inquire. In fact, you know, order a subscription and drop Mike's name so he could get a raise, please. Uh, they wouldn't give Mike a raise. I got kids to feed. Please. <laughs> please, you just support newspapers anyway in this they're, they're tr- two boys. They're eight and five, and they're cute, and they need to eat. Yes. And, you know, and Mike's good. So just. Take his word Buy for it. Buy a Sunday Inquirer. Buy Go a ahead. Sunday. Support everybody. Thanks, no problem, Mike. I appreciate it, Be man. Good. Be good. Later. Thanks, Mike Silski from... Real quick. Before, yeah. Was, I thought I heard this, but maybe I'm wrong. Was Beltran being... Was he with Houston in 2017? Yes. And now they're questioning him about that whole... Yeah, which, you know... Sign-stealing I thing. mean... Sign stealing's as old as the game. No, no, that's not sign stealing. No, 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 no. Sign stealing is when one of your play guys in the dugout notices that the third base coach is doing. No, no, no. That's okay, cheating. All right. Should we what, bring up the nineteen fifty one Giants? But that's fine. That was wrong. If 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 that's what indeed I, happened, I'm just saying sign stealing is fine. I have no problem with players on the field stealing signs, but when you use cameras to do it. It's like when Bill, Bell, get, when Bill Belichick used cameras, allegedly, in whenever he did against the Jets or whatever. You can't do that. <laughs> I understand. I agree with you, but I'm also, I think there's also a lot of jealousy going on. I think there's a lot of jealous teams who are. Well, when a pitcher comes out and says, hey, I was on the team, they did. Yeah, that's, and that's there's kind of damning. Okay. And, and now they're going to interview Alex Cora now with the, you know, with the Red Sox and, I'm just saying, you open up a yeah, big... Yeah, okay, and when guys leave, and now they're going to start spilling the beans, and, you know... Well, th- does that mean it didn't happen? I don't... I'm not saying it didn't happen, but, but I'm just happened, saying... if it happened, there's got to be consequences. They're not going to take their World Series title. I don't mean that, but at some point, you can't have that happen. Trust me, I worked around the Phillies when the whole Mick Billmeyer yeah. binoculars thing. And, yeah, did but, it happen? I mean, the... It's too much of a coincidence that team stopped hitting once Mick put the binoculars away. Yeah, and I'm not saying it doesn't. I don't have any problem with any team trying to steal signs. But you're right. That's different. Uh, it's, uh, it's a, a whole binocular lot. thing is different than the video. In fact, I, agree. I think there used to be some, um, what's the right word I'm looking for here? Um, There's a some kind of status, though. And if you had a guy on your team who could figure out what the other team's signals were, that was like a pretty cool thing. Yeah. You know, so I'm just saying, I, I don't. I'm sure it's you know it's all going to blow over just like 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 Penny Hardaway paying eleven thousand dollars to move a kid from Nashville to Memphis just you know kind of got overlooked when we were still covering that you need oh. Ted Solario on that but Ted Solario would have figured that out oh, the old Gus Felder thing yeah absolutely oh, Gus Felder thing was tremendous um, although I don't think anything ever happened to him did it I the PIAA I think no I think the PIAA kind of cleared him yeah well the PIAA well yeah well that's the kid was allowed to play they won a state title. Penny Hardaway paid $11,000 to move the kid so Penny could coach him. I mean, come on. And, and, and <laughs> I mean, hey, look. And he was doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Because he Penny could, could. Good kid. Hey, look, he's going to be the first or second pick in the draft next year. Doesn't matter. He's going to be making trillions of dollars. 
And, he, and he's not the only kid I'm sure that that stuff happens to. But I love the fact that Memphis was like, yeah, we're going to play him. Because nothing really, you know. <laughs> I mean, what does that say about the guy you you have as coach? You know, and Bill Self <sighs> and, and and Miller. And they're still coaching. Yeah. It's, it's right. I don't know what's going to happen. But right. it's, I just thought it was interesting. You ready to make some picks? No, I'm, I'm never ready. I, I, well, I, too late. I do this. Oh. Yeah. Just for me where you are. Michael, I think I went 500 last week, so, it, you know. I, I had more winners I, than losers. Oh, see, I go by the betters insider thing. Yeah. I have more winners than losers. In fact, two of the three over-unders I played won. So I guess I gave at least two of them out here. Yeah. I, try, I, w- I would caution anybody, if you listen to this and you like what we do here, go to betters insiders on Friday. I usually, Friday and Saturday, I guess they would pop up. And just see what I picked there, too. Some weeks it ain't so good. Some weeks it is. So, um, where we going? We going to start with, start with colleges? Plug, yeah, let's start with colleges. And okay, plug I, away, my friend. Well, I've got a couple. Plug te- away. I got a couple teasers. Yeah, so, some really weird things. I'm going to take a two-team teaser. Okay, I'm going to take the Irish. I'm going <laughs> to. Why are you going, going there right away? Them. I'm going to tease them down to a point and a half because I'm not sure that line looks fishy to me. It does, and. I don't think Navy's going to go in there and win. I know Navy's beaten them in the past. I I, I I respect the hell out of Navy. I just, I don't think they're going to beat them, but, you know, stuff happens. Ma- mention the one thing about that game now that made news. Oh, uh, it might be the first non-sellout in 274 games. Which goes back to, like, 1973. Is it that far? Yeah. Back, it was, Dan Devine. Back to Dan Devine. Oh, no, that might, that's error. That's still our. Back to when. Parsegian. Yeah, they moved the Sunday game to Thursday. On Thanksgiving, yeah. ABC used to control it back then, pretty much. And, and you would think Navy beat a fairly attractive yeah, it's game, a t- right? It's a top twenty-five matchup. Yeah. yeah, but there's also three home games in November. That does hurt Notre Dame because the weather's a little. Eh. I guess, but it, it hey, whatever. It, you know, it, they'll, they'll survive. I think Notre Dame will still be a school next week, and maybe it'll bode poorly for Brian Kelly. But that's a whole different. That's wishful thinking I on my don't part. Think it's, I don't think that. Well, whatever. Two, I, I don't. Two straight. Two straight games that may not sell out at the end here. Yeah, and if that's the reason why they're going to get rid of Brian Kelly, then that's a bad reason. But uh, and and I would pair them with the Florida Gators at Missouri. Missouri's been bad the last few weeks. Flo- they haven't scored. They've scored like twenty-one points in the last three games. Florida can play defense. I understand it's on the road. I hate doing that, but I get them down to minus one. So basically, I'm asking Florida and Notre Dame. To win their games. And sometimes it's not as simple as that sounds. But I would do that. All right. My first pick. I'm going to go to a team that got knocked off last week. I'm taking Penn State. I'll lay the 14 and a half at home in Indiana. Not that I don't think Indiana's a good team. And not that Penn State maybe doesn't look ahead a little bit to the horseshoe next week. Because that's their whole season. I mean, that's the only thing they got left to play for. is Maybe you beat Ohio State and maybe you sneak back in this thing. But... Well, if you beat Ohio State, you're going to play for the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, and you, Les Rutgers beats them. <laughs> I don't think that you have to worry about that. I don't but think so. I think the one thing with Penn State is Penn State's great at when they're at home and they think they have a shot to make a little bit of a, a, uh, 
a statement, a bounce back, whatever. They've been pretty good under James Franklin. Very rarely have they lost two in a row. They lost two in a row on the road to Ohio State and Michigan State two years ago. I mean, you're asking them to win by two touchdowns, more uh, than two touchdowns. I, I, I'm not sure Indiana's that great. So they're not, they're, I, I don't know either. I'm just saying. I, I think the 14 and a half I would just lay on the on the basis. I think this game is so important for Penn State going forward. Yeah, I, but that yeah, I, I hear you. I just don't necessarily. I don't know if I would play the Indiana side of that game. Right. I just don't know if I would. I, I'm weird with teams coming off. Losses? Um, well, like, you know, like, apparently Iowa's a popular pick this week. Uh, and that's what was my second pick. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go Iowa laying the three against Minnesota. And if I, I was taking that game, I would probably take that side, too, just because. But, you know, I don't know if I Iowa's don't know how Minnesota's going to react to you know, everybody's, you know, the biggest game in school history right. is what it was called last week. And they've and got everything. three big games in a row. They've, or t- they've they got, got Wisconsin next week. Right, next week. And they got to win both. Well, no, I guess they could lose one of those and maybe still well, go. Well, if you the, beat Wisconsin, I mean, who's a good. They get Wisconsin, I think, at home in, next does week. Does everybody in the West have two losses? I, be- I don't know. I believe so. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. But maybe if. If Iowa were to win this week, or Wisconsin would give them a tiebreaker, I don't know. But but realistically, Minnesota's thinking big, but I think they've also had people telling them how great they are. First-time yeah. teams in that situation, it's not good. I'll take Iowa lay the three. Okay. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'll probably put another teaser together later, but I'm going to give a real a real pick. I'm going to take the Texases, getting seven at Iowa State. Um, I don't think Iowa State's done anything that's that great to warrant being a seven point. I know Texas hasn't been great lately. I know, but I still think Texas, it's probably, to me, kind of a toss-up game. They are on the road, but they're getting seven. Um, and I've actually had success betting against Texas lately. Right. Which is weird. But I'm going to I'm gonna take the Longhorns getting seven, that at least it's going to be a close game. I'm going to take a whole bunch of points. Wake Forest is seven and two. I knew you were going to take that. I get Clemson's good. And I get Clemson now knows. And they're rolling it up. Yeah. I don't know if I lay 34 and a half. I don't think Wake can win the game at Death Valley. No, I'll go further than that. They won't they win the game. Can't Death win the game. And I love Dave Clawson, the coach. He, he's tremendous. But if you're going to give me almost five touchdowns, I'll take Wake. It's not like I'm taking like a two and seven team. I'm taking a seven and two team and getting 34 and a half. I'll take Wake Forest. I was actually looking at that side too until I read two websites that actually had Clemson. But I, if I was playing that game, I would have to take the 34. Unlike the Rutgers Ohio State game where I might not take the 50. Um, now I'm going to give you this game, and I got I have one more college game too. Okay, go ahead. You want to go ahead? You do you? All right. Okay, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the Owls at home, getting I believe seven. Against getting? The t- they're getting. They're the underdog, right? What? Well, I I'm surprised by that, but hold on a second. Uh, unless all right, while you're looking that you, up, you I'll do, give you mine. You do your. Go ahead. All right, Georgia has been able to play their way back into the conversation for the college football playoff, only by Penn State and uh, Alabama losing last week. Uh, they're. At Auburn, two-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't see. Look, Clemson is a bit of a mystery because how you lose to South Carolina like they did. You mean Georgia. Or Georgia, I'm sorry. Uh, Georgia is one of those mystery teams that you lose to South Carolina and you wonder, oh, God, how could I still think they're really solid. I still think that they have enough offensively to really make a push here. 
play well against Florida. I, you know, they're going to Auburn. I get it. Auburn can be difficult. There's a history here of Georgia having its heart broken in Auburn. Um, but I'm going to take Georgia. Basically, it's the win the game outright. It's two and a half right now. Georgia is the favorite. I think Georgia. I, I, I would think take Georgia. That, yeah. I think Georgia is going to win by probably about seven. To 10. I would take that side of the game, but that to me is one of those games where all your logic could just. Go oh, down. it could throw out and, the window. And I'm too. not saying it will. I'm just saying, yeah. Temple, according to this, is getting five now. The line is down to five. Really? At home, I'm going to take my shot with the Owls. I, I mean, I, I know they haven't. They, they went down to South Florida and only gave up seven. Um, I know they've got some injuries. That's a little disrespect for the Owls. That well, I mean, I think so. I mean, Tulane's good, but Tulane ain't great. Uh, the Owls got clocked a few weeks ago at home. Central Florida clocked them. Noon kickoff. I'm ta- I'm just. Ta- I think the Owls can win that game outright. I could be totally wrong. Um, but I, I'm. I. I would take a shot. The Owls have been pretty good at home for the most part. Not. You know, they did have the. It, uh, Central Florida came in here and, and booted them in the second half pretty good. I think the Owls are just going to come up with a big effort. But, you know, uh, and and if Tulane beats them by a touchdown or more, God bless Tulane. Rematch, by the way, of the first Sugar Bowl in 1935. Tulane 20, big, Temple 14, Temple blew a 14-0 lead. Big rematch weekend then in South Philly, obviously, between bowls. I don't know how many, how many Temple alums... Are alive probably from 1935. not. Well, no, 1935. You'd be you could be 86. There's there's Temple. Well, if you were born in 18, well, you won't remember the game. But you, you know, were, yeah, I was gonna say if you're pop, if you pop went to Warner, school there in 1935, you were probably you're oh, over well, then, you're, then you're dead. Then you're dead. Pop Warner was the coach, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that out at you. Um, you got any more in the college or is that I'm it? done on the college. Okay. I I have to play some kind of a teaser because I love my man Matt Rule. Dick Girardi used to have a rule when we picked all the games. Whenever a team went into o- overtimes mm-hmm. the week before, yeah. he picked against them the week after. He didn't. He didn't even look like look at the line. Yeah, and he you just, get Oklahoma this week. Well, but I'm not the, the ten points or ten whatever it is. I would take them in a teaser, play a three team teaser. I would get them down to a point and a half favorite because I think they're going to win the game. I mean, I'll root, I'm rooting for Matt Rule, and Oklahoma certainly hasn't played great lately. Right, but you just got to believe that they're going to go there and figure out a way to win. Um, and I don't know if Baylor can score enough points. Yeah, they um, struggled last week. They did, but they won, which is which is all that matters. Now, so you got to find two games to go with that, and there's a lot of them. Um, I, I'm, I was looking at Memphis at Houston. I could get them down to a point and a half favorite. I think Memphis is pretty good. Memphis Houston is, pretty is good. Uh, you know, they're whatever. I saw Memphis's worst week, and Memphis is still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's a big win for Temple when, yeah. you, when you look back on it now. So I might throw the Memphises in there, and there was two other games I was looking at. So you tell me which one. I, I was getting the Texas A&Ms. I could get them down to a two-point favorite at home against South Carolina. Because I don't think South Carolina is much. Yeah, but they, the image of what they did in, between the hedges scares me. No, doesn't scare me anymore. Go I, ahead. I, you throw that one. The other game I was looking at was Michigan. They're a 13.5-point favoriting. I, I think Michigan's starting to play. I, I think that Ohio I would say right now Michigan's the second-best team in the Big that Ten. That Ohio State game in a few weeks I think is going to be really, really interesting because um, Ohio State's obviously playing great. 
Um, you can get them there. Michigan State's been like, I know it's a rivalry game. I get all that. He, Harbaugh's had some it's, goofy it, games against Michigan State, but you can get it down to four and a half. It's time for D'Antoni. Um, it could be at the end it's of the time. year. Um, but but yeah, it's a, I mean, if Matt Rule wins this, I, I will say this. And a quick word about the college football playoffs. I don't think they know what they're doing. <laughs> I, no, I mean, but it's all going to sort itself out, so it doesn't matter. Alabama, to me, should have been ahead of Georgia this week. I understand that Georgia has a couple good wins, and, and I'll give them credit for that. The South Carolina loss is freaking horrible. It is. Okay? Alabama doesn't have a signature win. I get it. They lost at home by five points to the best team in the country. I think we would agree. LSU and Ohio State yeah. right now are the two best teams. I would agree. And, okay, if they want to make Alabama fifth, that's fine. If Georgia wins out, they would be ahead of Alabama anyway. So I get all that. But what they're making, like, like Baylor and, 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 and even Minnesota go through to me is just a little – and I don't think Minnesota or Baylor is going unbeaten and they're going to – you know, they're probably each going to have a loss or two by the end. But it's almost like they hold it against them that they're Minnesota. They hold it against them that they're Baylor. I mean, to me, Baylor should be ahead of Oklahoma. Uh, maybe I'm nuts – uh, you know, but they're unbeaten. That's right. what you're supposed to do, right? Just go. So I don't know. It all look. It, it's all going to sort itself out. It always does. I think these last three or four weeks of the college season are going to be fascinating because there's going to be. And that's what like scares me a little bit about the Auburn game. Even though I think Georgia's the better team. Again, Auburn plays. Get this. Next two weeks, Auburn plays Georgia and Alabama. They could mess up a lot of this stuff. They could by doing what they do. But the scenario. I, I don't think Alabama gets in. Oh, I think they have a chance. Why, why, why do you not think they can get in? No, I just don't think it's going to work out where it'll get Okay, so what do you think? They gonna, could get in, absolutely. What do you think is going to happen then that's going to keep them out? You think Georgia's going to win the SEC? Yeah, and I think LSU will okay, get well, the Well, under that scenario, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure Georgia's better than LSU. Um, I think LSU's really good. That doesn't mean they can't lose. Of course they can lose. Um, and you know what the interesting thing is? Think about this. And I covered three of these. No, I didn't cover the last one. The three times LSU was in the, the title game, they were all in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. In 2003, they beat Oklahoma. And it, they were of course, the, of course 2007, they blew Ohio State out of the building. And in 11, they lost the rematch with Alabama. Yep. And, and this year's game is in, is, New Orleans. is in the Superdome. But I guarantee you there's going to be like one or two things that's going to happen before this, and, and by just, the way, Oregon or Utah, they should have a, a seat at the table too. Oregon, especially. Well, Oregon does. They're that. sixth. They, I mean, where do, where do you want them well, to be? But here's Oregon's problem. They got a big problem. They lost Auburn. Yeah. Okay. So if Alabama and if Alabama blows beats, out Auburn, yeah, or even beats them, forget blowing them out. If they go to Auburn and win by a touchdown, at Auburn, I mean, what are you going to say? And, and by that point, Auburn could have four or five losses. You know, if they lose uh, to Georgia and they lose to Bama, and then you're going to look at it. And I think Oregon's fine team. I, I'm not – but – and the, this is where the committee then is going to have to figure out, do you put a one-loss um, conference champion mm-hmm. if Oregon is the conference? Yeah. Utah won't pass them, I don't no. think. But if Oregon was the team – and once again, I go back to the premise that Alabama and Clemson, whether you agree with it or not, have to get some kind of a benefit of the doubt for what they've done the last four years. And in well, Alabama's case, what they've done for I, the last I, seven or eight I, years. I hate saying it, but Colin Howard's right on one respect. It's a TV show. 
And who's going to bring the most well, eyes? No, no. But I don't think the committee thinks that way. What I what I'm saying is, for, forget what they bring to the table. I'm talking about that they've earned it. If, I'm not saying they yeah, haven't earned it, but, but I, they also are the two marquee names in the sport. And if they could get the benefit of the doubt, I think they are going to get the benefit of the doubt. I just think Georgia is going to outplay it to the point where there's going to be no benefit of the doubt to have to be given. You know so what you I mean? think Georgia's winning out? I think Georgia's winning okay, out. Well, that, well, that's fine. That ends all the arguments. Right. But I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Um, and, I, of course, Georgia now will go lose to Auburn. Well, I, I mean, they're not going to lose to Georgia Tech. I, right. I don't think. Um, I mean, Bama could lose to Auburn. Yep. And then it becomes whatever. All right. So we're on a bit of a time crunch here. Let's get to the NFL picks. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. No, Clark. that's okay. I'm losing my mind here. Because you have to leave in about 20 minutes. Yeah, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Um, I don't uh, like any NFL games. I like four. Good. You start off. I got some teasers. All right. You, you love your teasers. Well, when I can't come up, all the teasers is telling you mm-hmm. is I can't come up with. Now, by tomorrow, when I do the thing for the, I'll probably come up with a couple. Okay. God help me for saying this. I'm taking the Jets. Getting one and a half at Washington. There's a couple of factors here. One, the Jets cleared up a lot this week in a sense of Adam Gaze is staying. Adam They're, Gaze wasn't going. Well, if he hadn't lost to the Giants last week, he probably would have. You're going to pay three coaches. Okay, fine. Whatever. I think Johnson and Johnson probably had enough to cover it. But that's me. It's... it's Okay. Well, okay. All right. That's fine. The Jets, I think, are the better team. A. They had the better quarterback. B. Remember uh, uh, the guy, uh, Ohio State quarterback last year. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Haskins. Uh, yeah. He's going to make his first start on Sunday. And three, and this is perhaps the Redskins never win at home. Never. They are the worst home field in football. And I think even college football. So I'm taking the Jets. uh, I'll take the one and a half gift. Uh, Not that I think I'm going to need it. I was looking at that, but I didn't. So, and that's another one of those ones where it, it almost looks... Too easy. It, it, it does, because you're like, how can the Redskins you, possibly... You want another easy one? Sure. Easy money is betting against the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Okay. Bengals are just a awful football team. Yeah. Meanwhile, the fighting Grudens of, of Oakland are a lot better, I think, than anybody in their right mind could have predicted. I'll take the Raiders. Yes, it's 10 and a half. Yes, it's a little squirmish. It's at home. I think the Raiders have enough for a playoff push. And I think they start, uh, they, they're they on their way well, with that. Well, because the division all of a sudden has crumbled. The division's crumbled, yeah. and the, and they got through the toughest part of their schedule. Yeah. So I'll take the Raiders. I'll lay the 10 and a half. Keep going. You're on a roll. Go. I'll take the Chiefs in Mexico City on Monday night with Tess and Booger and the whole crew after the greatest game maybe, ever. Maybe... maybe They'll eat a bad burrito or something, and they're not, they won't be able to make it to the game. Oh, I hope so. We'll talk about that in a second. Three and a half, the Chiefs will be laying to the Chargers in Mexico City. Look, Pat Mahomes looked really good last week. I want to get your lines, because my lines are always like... I'm on ESPN's site. No, 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 no. Go to fan doors. Go to a betting site. Don't go to ESP. It, 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 I'm also okay. on a school website, okay. which it's I can't okay. go it's okay. it's okay. necessarily. No, I know, I know. It's only like a half point. No, I know. 
Three and a half Chiefs. What, what do you have for? I think it was like four or something like that. Okay, well, three it, it's, and it's usually within. Yeah. You're in the ballpark. I'm in the ballpark. And what's your fourth one? Taking the Eagles. I'll get the three and a half. Oh, I think you're getting three and a half. I, I, that's what I said. I'm getting no, you three. Said, and, you, I'm, I'll no, I'm getting three and a half. Um, God bless you. I'm daring the fates going against Tom Brady. And Mike mentioned last week, hard overhead sometimes. You want my you want my head, though? It's more likely the Eagles go 2-0 in the next two weeks than it is they go 0-2. Maybe that's a little bit of heart, but I think that, one, Seattle, Seattle, I, I think everybody overreacted a little bit the Monday night. I think Seattle's beatable. Seattle's 7-2. and two. Yeah. I don't think they overreacted to Monday night. I think Seattle 7 They also two. got forced to overtime at home by the Bucks. They also well, lost to the Saints. Well, they can point the three games with the Eagles where they, where they looked They like, also lost to the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater. That's fine. They also got pushed. Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0. and oh. They beat the Bengals at home okay. by a point. And the Eagles lost by 21 to Minnesota and, and whatever they lost the other to Dallas by 23. You can make cases. Kevin, You, you got, I'm not saying you're wrong. Maybe they win both games. But you make an example. You'll say, well, look at this. And I can point to three things with the Eagles that are worse. So, this you know, is a, they're seven and two. I'll, you know, I will admit, this is a hunch play. The hunch is that the Eagles will be able to run the football on them yeah. and able to get some pass rush on Brady. I can't bet against Belichick. So That's it's, fine. It's, I, I can't disagree, but go ahead. Okay. Well, I... I yeah, I, like I said, I looked at and I looked quick. So don't. The one game I I, I liked and I know I'm gonna. I, I hate myself for saying this. Is the boys laying for Detroit? Not because no. Stafford, I actually think it's a good bet. Well, that yeah. Not because Stafford. I don't know what Stafford's status is. The boys are like you know great they are, one week, they are bad one week, strange. And, and they, they're coming off you know not a great effort. I mean, it wasn't the worst effort in the world. They lost to the Vikes. Vikes are good. Um, by the way, Dak Prescott. Is the strength of that team right now? Because well, Zeke Elliott has disappeared. See, and I think they're going to figure out a way to correct that. But you're right. Um, so I would take the boys laying four, or if you go to Kevin's website, you probably three and a half. Um, now I'm going to throw a couple <laughs> teasers at you. Takes a little dig. I'm going to do the Raiders laying a point and a half to the Cincinnati's. Okay, I'm going to take a three-team teaser. So okay. I, that means they just basically have to win the game against the Bungles. I'm going to take the San Francisco's, moving them down to two against the Arizona's at home. And I think Arizona's is a pretty gritty team for not being that good. Gritty. But San Francisco's good. They're becoming off a loss. Um, I just think they're going to win the game. Of course, they got to win by three. And I would take the Minneapolis's, and I get them down to a point and a half against the Broncos in mini. And I, I could see... Because Minneapolis is one of those teams, too. The Minnesotas, they kind of, you never know. But it's basically a pick against those three teams. Now, last week, there was two big upsets. The Dolphins won. Yep. And what was the other one? I got I got caught on the bad end. Of, there was another big upset. The Titans. Oh, the Falcons. Well, oh, the, the Falcons, Falcons too. Uh, I mean, come on. That, that, was a, that was a survivor pool killer. I'm sure it was. Um, so, stuff happens. So, yeah. The other teaser that I would have. I would take the Steelers. Now, this is going the other way. I'm going to take three teams going the other way. All right. The Pittsburghs, I'm going to move them to a 12-point underdog at the Clevelands tonight. Right. I, Cleveland could win the game. Pittsburgh's been... Mike Tomlin's been, done one of the best jobs in the league. Yeah. I'm just taking uh, a shot it's that funny, it's a close game. Because uh, we all, I'm sure, have in our lives Steeler fans, people who 
root for the Steelers, like the yeah, Steelers. All we're that. in Pennsylvania. Um, Steeler fans tend to hate Tomlin, but even this year, uh, this year they can't. What they haven't complain. done a lot lately, like in the last four. Well, you looked at the talent they have with Bell and, yeah, and Brown and, and Roethlisberger and a pretty good offensive the line. The one year they kind of got screwed in that New England game. Now, what would have happened had they won that New England game? Probably would have had home field advantage. Well, yeah, they would have. But I mean, I, does that mean they would have got to the Super Bowl? I don't know. But that was a. But they. But they haven't w- really won anything like in four or five years. They've kind of been that team that, you know, one playoff game and and kind of done. So, I look. I don't know. Is Tomlin a good coach? I, I all I know is this year he's he done loses, a really good job. And they were they were left for dead. You they know, were one in four. One I believe they, they won four straight. Yeah. And like I said. I think the Browns are, are whatever the Browns it's are. It's a train wreck. But right they now. might be at one of these games where they, it's a division game. I just think it'll be close. The second one, I'm going to take the Eagles, put them up to 12 and a half because I do think it's going to be a game. I, I don't think if the Eagles lose, they're going to, you know, lose by two touchdowns. Now, it's Belichick, who the hell knows. So I would feel good getting 12 and a half at home. And the other one is I would take the Houston's. And I would move them up to 13 and a half at the Baltimore's. I think Baltimore's good. I think they're legit. Their quarterback might be the MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. But the guy on the other side could be the MVP of the league. He's pretty good. You know, before the season, it's hilarious how you look back on some of this stuff. I looked it up the other night just to make sure. Um, the props for MVP. And I listed like three. And I, and I said, Deshaun Watson might be, a, he was like 27 to 1 to be the MVP. And I said, you might want to throw... A few shekels. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win because he, he might not. I mean, Christ, Jackson was probably way higher than that. Yeah. But two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, um, that should be a fun. I'll tell you what. If, if is, Houston, that a game, is that a game we can watch? Is that like a, a Sunday I night? I get every game. No, but is that like a Sunday night or a Monday no, night? No, it isn't. The Monday night's a Mexico game, right? Yeah, and the Sunday night game is Rams and Bears. Boy, I would love to watch the Houston-Baltimore game because I just think Jackson is like a highlight. Come on over to the house. Yeah, I might. I might have to. You might regret that. Um, so anyway, and, and like I said, go to Better's Insider in the next day or two. I'm sure I'll come up with some other stuff that'll be more legitimate, like in terms of just picking a game instead of picking teasers. But. So you're taking New England to win outright, but you're going to take the Eagles on the, no, the Eagles. I don't, I don't, if you put a gun to my head, I think New England's going to win the game okay? because they're New England. Right. Does that mean the Eagles can't? No, but if you're telling me I can get 12 and a half with the Eagles. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Though. I'll take, I'll take, but that. that's why teasers are. Teasers. Yeah, the Eagles could lose by two touchdowns. Teasers are sucker bets. Uh, you know, I mean, if I was going to bet the Eagles, to be honest with you, if I liked the Eagles, I'd bet the money line. Screw the three and a half points. I would bet the money line because you're probably going to get, I don't know how, what would you get? Like maybe one and a half to one? Maybe. Two to I, I don't know yeah. if you get two to one on a three and a half. But yeah, if, if you think the Eagles are going to win. Because the money line's always inflated because everybody says knowing. Yeah, everybody, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Um... Look, do I think they have a chance? Do I think they have a chance against Seattle? Absolutely. But if they lose both games, I'm not going to sit here. And I look, that's why everybody says, well, they'll probably go one and one, which probably they will. Can you imagine if the Eagles win the next two weeks? People will have them in the Super Bowl again. They'll be right back to having them in the Super Bowl. Well, in the NFC, the NFC is one of those things where you have San Fran and and look. Yeah, but right now the Eagles are like in, in like all the power ratings, the Eagles are like the seventh or eighth best team in the NFC. I know. So, but if they win two games, I still think they're better than Dallas. I know Dallas beat them earlier in the year, but I they'll I think, be better than Dallas if they beat Dallas here, mm-hmm. and that's what and they should. 
mm-hmm. but they've lost four straight to the to the. Pokes. Let me put it this way: if you don't beat Dallas here, there's some there's some they have some splaining to do at that point. Well, I mean, could Dallas beat the Eagles and still finish nine and seven? I, it'd be hard. That'd be real hard. I think it'd be hard. So the so the, basically the season, regardless of what happens, unless the Eagles lose to the Giants or the Redskins, you know, or the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins are playing better. Right. I'll give the Dolphins credit. Unless they lose a game that you don't think they can lose. Right. And, you know, we've seen goofy stuff happen. Yep. Um, they should be at worst have six losses going into the Dallas game. Yep. And be by beating Dallas. Now, I don't know how all those tiebreakers would fall if both yeah, teams finish 10-6. and six. Well, let's be honest, too. The Eagles conference record kind of stinks. See, that's why, as, as much as this week's team, I'd rather win the Seattle game. I would, too. Because, you know, but it'll mean more in, in, in terms of the power, uh, the, the, the tiebreakers. No, of how people perceive them. Sure, if you beat it'll New be, England. beat New England. You know, and then New and England then, would have lost two games in a row and everybody will write and them And there off. would be satisfaction of you beat New England twice in a row in games. Oh, like I don't that. care about well, that. I don't. That, that, that's, that's fan crap. That's, you beat them. Enjoy it. You won the Super Bowl. You beat Tom Brady on a day where he threw for 500 yards. I don't have to now. You know, and they beat you 13 years ago or 14 years ago or whatever it was in a game that you probably could have won. Um, nah, that, that to me is over with. It's done with. It's just like if New England wins this week. I don't think New England's going to go thump their chest in there and say, well, you know, this makes, makes up for you. Yeah. No, come on. And and now, this is a new season, new team. The Eagles are trying to win a division to get to the playoffs. Yep. And that's – this is almost like a, a throwaway game in the, only in the sense that they could lose and it doesn't really change their position. No, you're right. Um, Honestly, even if they win this game, it doesn't, it doesn't really, really change their position. Well – it, it yeah, changes in the no, you're right in the outer world of okay one you beat New England you think Dallas is probably going to lose the New England in two weeks well here's what happens if you win both these games yeah. if somehow you do look you out. put yourself in a position where you could lose the Cowboy game and still finish eleven and five which might be good enough to win the division if the Cowboys lose some more games and they got to go to New England um and I know they got a couple other tough ones right that aren't you know. Uh, like right now, the Rams don't look that good, right? Yeah, the Eagles just actually sent out their injury report as we're taping this. Nigel Bradham not pl- not practiced today for a second. No, Alshon. Day. Alshon did not practice today. Yeah, Darren Sproles did not practice with a yeah. quadricep. He hasn't played all year, I don't right? How Jordan Howard, Jason Peters, both limited participation, which well, I would assume means they are going to play. Yeah, but if Jordan Howard, you know, Jordan Howard's kind of important now. Um, yeah. the one that scares me is Jeffrey because. I just don't know. I, what don't that, know. I mean, who do you who do you, what do you do? You put Whiteside in? I think he would have. Well, Jordan Math or Jordan Matthews, Matthews. I'll bet you Matthews would get in ahead of Whiteside. Yeah. Um, right, Jordan so, Matthews, the hero, four catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Showed up this week. <laughs> uh, let's give you our little bit since the holiday is coming up, and let's give you a little bit of our schedule moving forward. We're going to tape our next show Monday night, um, so it will be up for Tuesday morning. If you Listen on your way to work. It'll be up Tuesday, uh, for Tuesday morning. Mike will be in Myrtle Beach for his um, for Villanova. Correct? You're going That's down. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I assume when you go it's to golf and Villanova. Yeah, golf and Villanova. We will have a show though next Thursday. It will have a guest host, and Mike will call in with his picks from uh, from Myrtle Beach whenever Villanova is done. I think. Or I might pass on that. I don't. Yeah, or you see. can email me. 
Nah, well, let, let's. We will play it by ear. We will play it by ear. We will do our best, and I'm sure the world will continue to spin if Mike misses his picks. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll get McCaffrey in here to to fill in. You do whatever you want. Okay. And then the following week, we'll do one on either Monday or Tuesday. That's Thanksgiving week? For Thanksgiving week. Probably Tuesday, I would think, on Thanksgiving week. And uh, we'll only do one show that week because of, obviously, the holiday. So um, so we hope you join us for that. We have some good guests getting lined up. Um, and uh, thank you, by the way, for dealing with my throat all week, uh, <laughs> which obviously. You sound fine. Yeah, it was sore on the other day. I'm it was sure one is that it it's winter time. People are going to get sick. I'm going there's going to be a week where I'm going to sit here and be coughing or whatever I'm going to do cuz it happens. I don't get sick very often, but when I do, it's a mess. Yeah, I'm just warning you. I may not get sick this winter. Some winters, but last last winter I think I was yeah, you had it a couple times. Oh God, there was like a three week thing there. Remember oh. when we had uh, we had to go over to Jersey and yeah, and my because my wife works in a school. Right. Now you work in a school. School schools are bad. Yeah, everybody's coughing. Yep, like a storm up over, there, over there. Yep, it's what happens. Um, so and then you know, of course, next week I should point out when Mike does get back from Myrtle Beach or two weeks if I come back. If you come back, um, we will have Mike Kern's Thanksgiving uh, dinner tips. I'm sure. Okay. Like your best, your best, the best pie is pumpkin. Pumpkin. It's the only pie. That's not true. It, in in my world, I'm a pumpkin pie guy on that day. I'm not, you know, but I'm not doing a coconut cream or, or a, the coconut custard or whatever. I'm, I'm not a coconut person. I don't, I'm not big on coconut. So, you know, yeah, it's usually pumpkin. Okay. My aunt, God bless her. God rest her soul. When I was a, she you, made the greatest pumpkin pie. And she said she made it out of a can. She got it out of, a, and and it was. I mean, I know you love Thanksgiving because of Finks too. I had one like last week. Yeah, Fink, you mentioned the Thanksgiving. It. It, it it's awesome. It's awesome. What I like about Thanksgiving as a pre is all the other stuff. The turkey is, is okay. Yeah, I like turkey, but it's all the good side dishes you know a it good, is a side dish a good stuffing like a good or dressing whatever you want to call it um mashed. good gravy good mash i have good gravy Cr- cranberry jelly i like um what else not a fan yeah it's, hey look you know, you know good rolls gotta have like some good crescent rolls crescent rolls yeah like like something coming out of the oven hot where the butter kind of melts all over a uh, candy sweet potatoes aren't bad I'm not big on that green bean casserole thing. No, are I'm, you you mashed potato guy? Yes. They're not good for me because there's a lot of sugar in them, apparently. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, yeah. Homemade mashed potatoes are awesome. But yeah, mashed potatoes. And, and usually, like, you know, I, I, I got, like, six or seven things on my plate, whatever. I like coleslaw on Thanksgiving, surprisingly. I don't know if it's – I just like it kind of <laughs> – wait, 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 wait. That little side dish kind of thing. Okay. I, in my house, there was always cold. My my mom and dad, 40, 50 years ago, whenever, made homemade coleslaw. You know, they did the, they would, you know, shred the, the sure. cabbage and do do the homemade coleslaw. So it was just you part, want, you just part of favorite, our thing. One, no, my, and you know this because you used to do football. My favorite meal on Thanksgiving, actually, though, is breakfast. Mm, yeah. My favorite meal is at night when you have the leftover sandwich. That's what I like. Well, I'm, I'm big on the... Thanksgiving morning breakfast when you're on your way to your football game. I don't think I ever did breakfast on the way to my football games. 
I just I it, saved all my energy. Usually it comes through a drive through if you know what no, I mean. No, <laughs> I saved all my energy for dinner. Because dinner was early. Dinner yeah. was always early because they knew I had to go to work. You, um you never you would never stop for something out of a clown's mouth, I, if you know what I, I mean. I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't, but it's not like, you know, or a hot cup of a hot cup of coffee and a donut. I, I wasn't or? always a. I'm, I'm more of a coffee drinker now with breakfast. But back then, I didn't really. I, I don't know if I. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not conjuring up any memories here of what right. I would have done if I, I don't even know what like we do like like on Thanksgiving now if I go out and get croissants or something, or I don't know. My wife doesn't eat a lot, so she's right. And usually, we're kind of saving ourselves for dinner. Which is well, usually relatively I usually, early. Right? I usually, yeah, I usually the day before, the night before, go to. I'll give a plug. Red House Bagels up on. Uh, yeah, I've Bristol, heard of that place. Bristol. Everybody Pike, tells me which it's is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And get some bagels for the morning. I'll tell you what used to be great when, when I covered the high schools, the Daily News. So I go out, you know, CB West game most years or whatever. CB yeah. West TVs. Go to my aunt's, have dinner. Mm-hmm. Go to the paper, and. Right, yeah, I probably had the cafeteria, and they had the cafeteria, and I used to do the same thing. It was good. Yeah, I mean, it was good. So you'd go down there and get that. Oh God, it's just like I was just such a pig. And it always, my memory of Thanksgiving is Larry would always do the same game every year. He did North Judge, right? No, Frankfurt. I mean, Frankfurt North. Excuse me, um, which isn't even a game anymore. Um, Yeah, I was at CB West, CB East. Like four straight years, I want to say. Yeah. Went to Norristown Upper Marion the first year. And then I would send somebody. Like Tom Mann went to a, um, uh, what was the team? Hapro Horse from the one year. Because they were beaten. Upper Moreland. And, um, you know. But, yeah, nothing like CB West, CB East. And it, we should point this out because, uh, you know, and I noticed through my work with WMPV, the the amount of Thanksgiving games that are falling dramatically. Oh. It's, it's it's like a bygone era. Yeah, and it's a shame because there's a part. It's a shame. It's and a shame I'm, for us. Yeah, it is because we remember it. But it's, it's a, a tradition. It's a playoff world. It is, and 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 I understand well, and that the P- too. And the PIAA doesn't let like the season ended on. Uh, and we'll wrap it up on this. That's all right. The season ended. The regular season ended for most teams in District One on October twenty fifth, twenty sixth. So that means if you're not in the playoffs, you're you're done. You're done. Yeah. Because you can't play a contingency game anymore. They used to be able to schedule games in the in-between time just so guys could play you know, before the Thanksgiving games. You're not allowed to do that anymore. I understand why people want to play in playoffs. I, yeah. I totally get it because back when I cover, started covering it, there weren't playoffs. And then they pushed for it, and then, the, and then not the level of playoffs they have now, but they did have playoffs. And you want to win state titles. Yeah. I get that. And then, but Thanksgiving Day games... We're just to see 10,000, 12,000, whatever it was, show up at um, Delaware Valley College to Temple watch Stadium. East play West. Yeah, Temple Stadium for Frankfurt um, North some um, of those years. I can only imagine. what Fra- I've never been to a Frankfurt North game. And if now, it was awesome because my dad was an yeah, alum of Frankfurt. And North isn't there. Um, and, and I'm sure there were some others that I'm not even as familiar well, with. Judge Lincoln was. Yeah, but Lincoln never won. Lincoln never um, did win, but it was packed. Yeah, and there's others all through the suburbs. I mean, all through the suburbs. Everybody had... That team right. that you played. And really in a row. Yeah, I mean, to me, like CB West playing CB East on like October the 3rd just doesn't feel the same. But but I get it. The world has changed. Yep. You know, I can't. Um, but there was something about going to a Thanksgiving Day game in the morning that was just, you know, yep. but that's what I was brought up on. So yep. if you weren't brought up on that, 
Yeah. You know? So, whatever. All right. I'll like, have some teasers for that, too. Yes, you will. <laughs> you know what? We should set some lines. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> call, call Puck. Call Puck. Yo, yo, I got I got pocket 19 against woman. Oh, I got that one right. All right. My thanks, our thanks to Mike Silski for joining us. Our thanks to you for joining us as well. We'll be back next Tuesday. Work on the beat. Take care. <laughs>